the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, I want to invite your attention to Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. The Bible reads as follows, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord would you pray with me father in heaven we thank you for this day and for the privilege of grace we have Lord that to stand and declare your word let the preaching of this gospel God draw someone who is in darkness out of darkness and into the marvelous light spirit of the Lord it's my prayer that you would use this word today to speak into the hearing and to the hearts of those who are here, Lord God, that they might hear clearly from you. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying if there's any that don't know you, you save them. If there's any that have drifted in fellowship, that you'd draw them back. If there's any that are discouraged, Lord God, that you would encourage them. If there's any that needs edifying, that you would edify them. But Lord God, straighten us on uh, from our crooked paths that we might walk the straight way before you today. Spirit of the Lord, I lean and depend on you as I lend my body to be used as an instrument for your glory and for your honor. Have your way, God, in this preaching time and let 
my mind have clarity of thought and my lips clarity of speech so that your name can get all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray and I thank you in advance. Amen. As we've been on this journey uh, entitled Passing a New Way for 2017, we began our journey in Joshua chapter 3. We first spoke on the hindrance of passing a new way. And from there, we went to part two, help for passing a new way. And on last week, we were in Exodus chapter 3, speaking from the idea, deliverance a new way. Uh, In that passage last week, we saw that you have to respond attentively to the presence and call of God. If you're going to have deliverance a new way, you've got to be attentive to when God is present, and you've got to respond to the call of God. Secondly, we said you have to respect highly the presence of God. God, the, the word came to Moses when he stood there at the bush that was burning but not consumed. He told Moses, Moses, take the shoes off your feet for the ground that you stand on is holy ground. And we derive from that that there is a need even today that we would have a high level of respect for the presence of God and the Word of God as it is going forward. And then thirdly, we said that we need to receive clearly the plan of God, because if you don't get the plan of God clearly, you'll find yourself operating outside the will of God and expecting from God that which he never had in his plan to fulfill. Lastly, in our looking at deliverance a new way, we have to recall that God is always with us. And I've gotten a few text messages, a few emails of folks this week that said, you know what, Pastor, I thank God that you preached that sermon because I had to preach it to myself this past week that God is with me. And so every now and then, it might be on a daily basis, you might have to recall to yourself that God is with me. You can't walk with the Lord and walk into defeat. You walking with the Lord, you're going to walk into victory. Amen. And we saw uh, there in the text that even though some of those things appear to be failures, the nine plagues that came before Pharaoh let the children of Israel go seemed to be failures, but in the end, God still brought victory. And sometimes in our lives, we need to understand as well that some things that seem to be failures are not failures at all. It's just God's part of God's plan that he's going to bring us out, but he's ultimately going to bring us victory. Y'all still here with me? On this morning today, as we look at this passage in Romans, I want to address an issue that I think that can help all of us as we attempt to pass a new way. I want to talk to you in this fourth part of the series of messages from the subject matter, Passing Sin a New Way. Here is something that grieves my heart, and it it ought to grieve your heart as well. We have come to a place in our history where sin seems to be the norm in church and out of church. We've gotten to a place, even in the house of God, that there are things that we accept and things that we kind of look the other way on, but they're still sin. There's a sense almost that we have forgotten that there is a difference between sin and righteousness, and it grieves my heart that we have adopted what we call pet sins, and we function in them, and we practice them on a regular and ongoing basis as if somehow God has changed his mind about certain things that are sin. Can I just list a few of them for you? Fornication. Do you realize God has not changed his mind about fornication being sin? Adultery, homosexuality, extortion, lying. It's still a sin to steal. It's still a sin to eat too much. It's still a sin to covet what your neighbor has. There are no big 
lies and little lies. A lie is a lie is a lie. It's still a sin to abuse the temple of God by defiling it with smoke and drink and other materials that move your spiritual condition to a place that's outside of your control. I'm convinced that we somehow have migrated to the acceptance because the world has written off certain things as being okay, that the church has adopted the principles of the world, and now the church seems to be accepting a whole lot of stuff that we used to say, uh-uh, that's sin. It used to be a time when living with somebody else that wasn't married to you was called sin. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. I don't see that in the Bible. Ain't nothing in the Bible about shacking up. But there is something in the Bible about allowing your good to be evil spoken of and your testimony to be ruined by the actions of your behavior. It's still sin. Let me read a passage for you from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This might help you. Because y'all think I'm just mad about sin. It ain't me. First Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 9, reads like, do you not know? You know why he said, do you not know? Because he knew, like we don't know, that the time would come when people would act like they didn't know. And when he was writing here in First Corinthians, they were acting like they didn't know. And he said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Don't be fooled. Just because everybody is accepting certain behaviors doesn't mean that God has changed his standard. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't write that. I'm just reading it because I think we need to raise the standard and raise the awareness that sin is still sin. And we in 2017, if we're going to pass a new way, we need to learn how to pass sin a new way. Because unfortunately, we haven't been passing sin. We've been parking at sin. Help me, Lord Jesus. And so, and so, and so, as I look at this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let me give you something on this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he was writing to a, a Roman audience in their historical time frame, not too much different from our own, where they were deeply entrenched in sexual immorality. At the time of his writing, 14 of the 15 emperors in Rome were homosexuals or bisexual. Y'all still here with me? When he wrote this passage in 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church, there was a, 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 an emperor in place by the name of Nero, and Nero was at that time getting ready to get married to a young boy by the name of Sporus. I'm just trying to give you some context to help you understand why Paul says, do you not know, and why I need to say on this morning, do you not know that sin is still sin? In Rome, it had become comfortable. It had become easy. It, had become, it, it became the thing that everybody was doing. And because everybody was doing it, the Christians thought it was okay. 
And here we are in a period of time when, when people are just doing what they want to do and, and nobody seems to, to, to have anything to say against it and the laws are supporting it and, 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 and there's ways in which that society seems to be embracing it and slowly but surely the church seems to be embracing it. Folk believe that I can just do what I want to do and there's no consequences to my sin. But I want to encourage us, I want to plead with us that in 2017 we pass sin a whole new way. Are y'all still here with me? The first thing I want to address out of this, uh, this, this idea of passing sin a new way, because if we're going to do it, I believe the first thing we've got to do, there's got to be a correction of your thinking. Verse number 14, I'm back in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse number 14. We've got to have a correction to our thinking. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Can I stop right there? Sin shall not have dominion over you. We, we need to correct our thinking because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been set free from not just the penalty, but the control of sin. Are y'all still here with me? Let, let, me, let me paint the picture this way. Um, for the believer, the believer does not sin because they can't help it. The believer sins because they want to. When you were an unbeliever, you sinned because you couldn't help it. Your father was the devil, and the devil told you what to do, and you did what he told you to do. But now you have a new father, new blood, new relationship, new righteousness, and so now when you sin, you sin because you want to. Y'all still here with me? I'm not really expecting a whole bunch of amens because I'm all up in your business now, and I'm getting ready to disrupt your life. I'm getting ready to disrupt the comfortness of your little pet sins. And I'm getting ready to talk about you and talk about those issues and try to bring us, not just you, but bring all of us out of this dark walk into a righteous light of walking, which God has called us to. We've got to change our thinking. We've got to remember that we have been set free from the penalty of sin. We've been set free from the power of sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you're now under grace. Help me, Lord Jesus. Because of the blood, somebody should have shouted right there. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ that, that was shed on Calvary, his blood shed, set you and I free from the penalty and the power of sin. And so, so sin, sin doesn't have dominion over us anymore. It doesn't have authority over us anymore because under the law, sin had us in his grip. But because of Jesus, we've been set free because Jesus fulfilled the law. And in the fulfillment of the law, he took the sting out of death and the power out of sin. And now we don't have to submit to sin. So sin doesn't have dominion over the believer anymore. I'm trying to change our thinking. I know you was thinking like, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. He, he, he doesn't have dominion over us anymore. Uh, the believer is not in that position where he has to do it. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? 
So, okay, pastor, thank you. We're not under the law. Sin doesn't have dominion, doesn't have authority. It can't, it can't condemn me anymore because I'm now under grace. So can I keep on sinning because I'm on a, under grace? Can I keep on having my Friday night drunken episode after I've worked hard all week and I justify my six-pack, my fifth, I, I justify my drunken stupor because I worked hard and I earned it? Should I keep on smoking that dope? Should Should I keep on creeping out at night? Should I keep on lying to folk? Should I keep on my little pet sin? Should I keep on cussing and calling it French? Should I keep on acting like a fool and acting like this doesn't matter to God? Should I keep on because of grace? No! Certainly not! So Paul says, don't don't take advantage of grace. Grace was not given so that you can just keep on sinning. But that's how it seems. Seems how we've moved to that place in our society, in our culture, where we're just doing whatever. It's hard to tell the difference today between a Christian and a non-Christian. Hard to tell. I mean, uh, some of the Christians are beating the non-Christians to the club. Amen. You didn't drink all the drinks at happy hour before. The non-Christians even get there. Mm-hmm. You eating everything? Everything. Everything. And too much of it. You're smoking five, six, seven dollars. I don't even know how much a cigarette's a pack. About seven dollars a pack. You don't mind. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know. The fact that you said I don't know is to me you know. Smoking, taking that into the temple of God, drawing in, drawing in, shooting up, popping pills, even prescription medication. Don't think just because it's prescription doesn't make it sin. Abusing the temple of God. Casting idols and worshiping that which is not God. That's called idolatry. These are sins. Paul says, shall we continue to do it just because we're under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know? Here he is again. Do you not know to whom you present your members as slaves to obey that one slaves whom you obey? That's who, you are. That's who you're going to be a slave to. So whoever you set yourself members to, that's, that's going to be your, your authority. But it's not because you have to. It's because you choose to. If you choose to obey sin, if you choose not to pass by sin, but you choose to park at sin, then that's who your master will be. Does this make sense what I'm saying? So he says, look, we, we, we don't have to keep on doing this thing, but we've got to begin to think a new way. And you don't think, watch this, verse number 15, as I was reading through this, he says, um, don't continue to sin because, because of this, because there are consequences to sin. We have to remember. We have to keep, what, 
reprogram our thinking to understand that there are consequences to sin and if we keep on sinning and if that is the perpetual mentality of our life that I keep on sinning and I keep on doing it then there's two things that are possible one you never were saved in the first place because if you shown up was saved then there's something wrong with a person who was truly saved if they can keep on sinning and keep grieving God with their sin perhaps you never were saved in the first place so maybe you might need to check yourself if sin comes that easy for you y'all still here with me and and it, and if it, and if you are saved and sin it has become a routine for you you need to check yourself and go back to the altar and go back before God and repent of your sin and ask God to to change your heart and change your mind and change your walk so that you can look like maybe you ought to stop by Bible study instead of stopping by the liquor store or the lottery line maybe, oh help me Lord maybe we ought to get it right before God. There's consequences, there's consequences. Do you not know you can't keep on sinning your pet sins and not expect any consequences? The passage that I read in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 9 uh, through 10, uh, just laid out for us just another reminder. These people who practice, people who are regular and routine, and this is their, their practice of these particular sins, um, and more, he says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. It just ain't going to happen. And so you heard the list, idolaters and, and, and fornicators and, and adulterers and homosexuals and sodomites and thieves and, and covetous and, and drunkards and revilers. You know, the reviler, that's the person who always want to raise hell all the time, always stirring up stuff. No extortion. Y'all probably know a few folks like that. No extortion. None of them that the Bible said will inherit the kingdom of God, uh, nor thieves. None of those will inherit the kingdom of God. So there, there is a standard that God has. God doesn't just blow it away and say, do what you want to do. There is an expectation of God that we have a right kind of thinking and that understanding in this right kind of thinking that my con- my sin actions have consequences. There's, there's consequences to all of my actions. You, you got to understand that when you do that which is not according to God and I've lended myself as, as a vessel to be used that way, there's consequences that I'm going to receive as a result of acting that way. Listen to verse number 17. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. Does your Bible have the word were in there? Because he's talking to believers. You were slaves to sin. You were. That's past tense. And, and, and there needs to be a correction to our thinking because some of us are living like we still are slaves to sin. But the reality of the text is that you were, past tense, not currently, but you were slaves to sin, and now you've been delivered from sin. Y'all still here with me? Now, if I've been delivered from something that is horrible, why go back to it? I think the Bible says it this way, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to... Try to fix it up for you. If sin is like uh, bad food on your stomach 
and Jesus has come along and delivered you from the bellyache of sin. And the means by which deliverance came was that you vomited up all that that was wicked inside of you and spew it out on the floor so that now the vessel, which is you, is clean from sin. And all the sin has been vomited up and, and removed from the body so that the body no longer has a bellyache. And if God has delivered you that way, why would a man go back to the vomit, get down on his knees, and lap up the vomit again after God has delivered him from it? Why would I do that? One is gross. Two, it points the picture of someone who is desperate for something as if there's no other means by which God can provide. God has given you something that will fill your soul and your spirit. You do not need to go back to sin and do sin to satisfy your flesh. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515 Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.